Hey everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. This is where we search for evidence of life after death and ask the meaningful questions around that subject. Today I'm going to be doing a video report as opposed to one of our conversations that we have with our guests. A video report is something I really haven't done in a long time. and It's really me talking to you, uh, telling you about some of the evidence and answers that I have found over the years. Uh, doing my research, my investigation of life after death. For those who don't know, I'll briefly tell you, my father died in 1997. And just like so many of you, I had questions about if he went anywhere, if he did, where did he go? Uh, and what was that like? All those questions. But also, what evidence do we have for this? How do we really know that there is an afterlife at all? And, uh, that started the journey for me. I was a private investigator at the time, and so I decided to use my skills as a private eye to be able to get the answers that I was seeking, and so many of you are. Uh, years later, I finally uh, put all the answers that I came up with, uh, based on the evidence that I'd seen, into this book, Answers About the Afterlife. This just came out last year, Answers About the Afterlife, a private investigator's 15-year research unlocks the mysteries of life after death. I know a lot of you have read it, and I really appreciate the wonderful comments that you have left uh, as reviews on Amazon.com. Uh, you've left on Facebook for me, YouTube, uh, AfterlifeTV.com, uh, and in other places. You've even sent emails. Uh, your generosity and love is, is very much appreciated, and uh, I do read all of those. And, and I get those messages, and, and I appreciate them dearly. What I've decided to do today is take the most popular question and answer from this book and uh, actually read it to you. And I, I want to be able to share this with all the people who have not read this book uh, because out of 150 questions that I answer here, there's 150 questions that I have take, given the answers to based on my research. Uh, that's what this book is all about. Uh, one question stood out far above all the others as to the one that people were so excited about. Enthusiasm uh, really abounds because of the question, which is, what's the difference between a spirit and a soul? And the reason is because this, when you when you finally understand this, uh, you it puts everything else in place. All of a sudden, when you're reading the rest of the book or you're doing your own research uh, about life after death, it puts a lot of things in place that were a little confusing before. And that's what it did for me. Um, this stuff, you know, as far as I'm under, I understand is very original. And, uh, and for a lot of people, they just, again, like me, had never heard it before. This came as a result, as a conclusion to the evidence that I saw. And I'm going to read it to you now, uh, which is something that I've never done before. But I thought, why not try it, right? We'll give it a shot. So here's the uh, question. What is the difference between a soul and a spirit? It would be difficult for you to understand some of the answers in this book without an initial understanding of my definitions for the words soul and spirit. Based on the evidence I've seen, this is how I perceive the relationship 
between soul and spirit. You don't have to fully understand or accept my definitions at this point, but it'll help you to understand my answers throughout this book. And this is one of the things that I do at the beginning of the book, the end of the book, even in the middle of the book, as you can see, is I consistently try to let the reader know, I don't want you to accept my answers for yourself. I want to simply inspire you to become your own afterlife investigator. I want you to see what is possible based on the experiences that I've had um, and, and then decide for yourself that that's something you want to uh, consider as truth. Uh, th that's where I was, you know, for the first two years. Uh, my father died in 97. This book came out last year, and I was saying it was 15-year research. That's because for the first two years, I didn't find any evidence at all because when someone is skeptical about life after death, where do they go to search? They don't know where to search. They don't know what to look for. So I actually didn't start counting until 1999. That's when I started counting the 15 years. And uh, what I think this book can do for you, if you're interested in investigating life after death for yourself, is to show you what's available out there, show you where to look. And, uh, and then I give you my conclusions based on that evidence, but I do not try to force it down anyone's throat. I want everyone to make up their minds for themselves. It continues, the soul is our whole self, the eternal and spiritual aspect of who we are. Since I've seen evidence that we experience many human lives, the soul is what is experiencing all those lifetimes. So if my soul has had a lifetime as Bob, Another lifetime is George, and another lifetime is Sarah. Then Bob, George, and Sarah all come from the same soul. I like to explain this using the analogy of the ocean and its waves. First, there is the ocean. Then from that ocean come the waves. The ocean is the soul, and the waves are the spirits. In this case, the spirit of Bob, the spirit of George, and the spirit of Sarah. So Bob, George, and Sarah are like waves, and their soul is like the ocean. You know, when I was thinking about this and, and writing about this, I was really thinking about, you know, the ocean wanting to experience the shore, just as our soul wants to experience a human life. And so in order to experience the shore, the ocean creates a wave, and that wave goes and has an experience on the shore, but then comes back to itself to you know, basically download all of that information from the experience that it had. And that's what we do as spirits. We sort of temporary, although still connected, we, we take our own journey. We experience a human life. We go back. We, we, we let our soul, we rejoin our soul and let it know uh, what it was that we experienced. Each spirit has its own individual characteristics but each will also have some common characteristics of its soul. Because of this, another soul will always be able to recognize a spirit's soul identity because of those signature characteristics. In other words, my wife's soul will always be able to recognize my soul regardless of what life it is experiencing. Said another way, if we could watch videos of Bob and George and Sarah we would be able to recognize similarities among them, which would be the signature characteristics of their soul. We might recognize their soul in their eyes, in their voice, in their mannerisms, but we'd recognize it for sure. Now, taking this a step further, 
When I die, my spirit as Bob will leave my physical body and return home to the spirit world. In essence, my spirit will rejoin my soul and remain as an eternal aspect of my soul. In the same way that my human personality as a teenager is always present within me as an adult, my spirit as Bob will always be present in my soul. To keep the comparison going, Bob as a young boy, Bob as a teenager, Bob as a young adult, Bob as a middle-aged adult, and if I live that long, Bob as an older adult are all different human aspects of my life as Bob, just as the spirit of Bob, the spirit of George, and the spirit of Sarah are all different aspects of my soul. You've probably heard people talk about their inner child. Well, there's also an inner teenager, inner young adult, and inner middle-aged adult as well. These are parts of me that never disappear, even though I age and my appearance and personality change a little. So the equivalent to any of these inner aspects of myself would be my soul's inner Bob, inner George, or inner Sarah. While the spirits of Bob, George, and Sarah return to the spirit world, thereby rejoining my soul, their whole self, their individual essences always remain as part of that soul. Hence, they too do not disappear, meaning that I can always communicate with my father who is in spirit or my grandmother who is in spirit. It's not as if they disappear into their souls either. The truth is that they were never really separate from their souls in the first place. So saying that we rejoin our souls is more metaphorical than literal. I don't want you to mistakenly think that the spirit and soul are ever separate as they are not. They feel to us as separate as humans, but even now we are connected to our souls. And when we leave our bodies and return to the afterlife, we don't technically reunite with our souls. It is more that we recognize our connection to our higher self, which we might not have recognized in the physical world. When my soul chooses to experience a new life, let's say as Julie, it will create a new spirit of itself. This is very important. And that spirit will inhabit a physical human body that will be Julie. Therefore, when we discuss reincarnation later in this book, which we do, this question will help you understand that it's not really Bob who is reincarnated, it's Bob's soul who is creating a new spirit, a new aspect of itself that will be known as Julie. Because Julie shares the same soul as Bob and George and Sarah, if she ever experiences a past life regression, she might have memories of one of those lifetimes. But to describe it more accurately, it's her soul's lifetimes that she's experiencing. Because she is the wave to her ocean, her soul, and they are therefore connected as one, she is able to recall the other lifetimes of her soul. The wave doesn't reincarnate as another wave. The ocean creates a new wave, which is connected both to the ocean and all the other waves that came before it. Why is this important? Well, for example, many people worry that their loved one might reincarnate before they themselves die and return to the afterlife. This soul versus spirit explanation helps you to understand that their loved one's spirit isn't actually who is reincarnating, it's their loved one's soul that has created a new spirit to experience another lifetime. So no matter how long a person lives, their loved one will always be there in the spirit world to greet them when they die. Well, that's the, that's the question and answer 
uh, in my book that uh, so many people have commented on. Uh, so many people have said that it just put everything together for them in terms of understanding life after death, understanding what it's like for our spirits in the spirit world, and understanding, you know, things like reincarnation and, and worrying. A lot of people worry about the this idea that if they live too long so that if their loved one has reincarnated before they die, that they won't be there for them uh, to greet them when they cross over. Well, that explains why that is not true, why that's not going to happen, uh, and why it's not something you need to worry about. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, certainly let me know in the comment sections uh, what you think about it. Uh, if you want, I can read other questions and answers uh, from the book. Uh, I'm pleased to share you know, some of the more popular ones that are in there. Again, 150 questions and answers are in the book. Uh, that came out just last year, Answers About the Afterlife, a private investigator's 15-year research unlocks the mysteries of life after death. Uh, uh, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can go to bobolson.com uh, if you want to learn more about it and see some of the great praise I've got from other authors and other people. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you on uh, our next Afterlife TV episode. Bye-bye now.